Popheads and welcome to issue 122 of the Tomcast Popcast, coming to you from the back room in the Winchester, aka the Tom Cave. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for listening to this quality independent podcast. Please make sure you're following us on the social medias. We are at Tomcast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. And if you feel like being a financial backer, please join Pophead Nation at patreon.com forward slash TomcastPopcast where you will get access to all the super cool bonus content that you can handle. We're talking about videos. We're talking about audio commentary tracks from movies you haven't watched in 30 years. It's it Does it get better than that? I don't think so. Thank you too much. Say, excuse me. Thank you so much to my current Patreons. Thank you to the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of A-Park, Jeff Nail. He's the co-host of The Ring and Ear, a fantastic music podcast. Check out Jeff on that podcast and give him some support and some love. Thank you to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the evil circles, especially in this month of Halloween shenanigans. Thank you to the Squid Master General, Brian Broussard, and our newest pophead, though he's not that new anymore. We're talking about the New, the new Jersey Devil himself, Mark Wegemer. Finally, Please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, whatever platform it is you prefer. And if we're not on your favorite platform, let me know what it is and we'll get on it. And if you have the time, you have the inclination, leave us a five-star review. Those are immensely important to helping spread the word about the good time we're having here on the TomCast Podcast. So today I have something a little bit different for you guys, a little bit new for you guys. We are continuing our haunted Halloween month of October. We're continuing to explore fun movies to watch over the course of Halloween season, and we're we're still keeping it light. We're you know we're 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 staying with some of the fun to explore in this month of Halloween. We're talking about Shaun of the Dead. This is from 2004, which feels like a lifetime ago, but on to a person of my age group feels like yesterday. So, <laughs> a, a highly relevant movie in my life. Uh, again, 2004, not that long ago in the grand scheme of things. It is written and directed by Edgar Wright. Simon Pegg is also a writer on this film. It stars Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Kate Ashfield. We got, again, Nick Frost in this, Lucy Davis, Dylan Moran. We have Peter Serafanowitz. Uh, there's so many people, so many people. Uh, the great Bill Nye is in this movie. 
It's it's a it's a wonderful cast, a wonderful movie, and sort of fits into what we have, have sort of covered so far on the Tomcast podcast in the month of October for Halloween. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of emphasis on on the horror comedy, and 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 Shaun of the Dead is is one of these perfect balances of of funny hilariousness and sheer abject horror as well. I mean, this is a movie that. No, you know it does. It does not try to hide its love for George Romero's Dawn of the Dead movies, Night of the Living Dead movies. Uh, this is a movie that that is a tribute to George Romero and what he's contributed to horror, what he has contributed with the zombie. So, in 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 that vein, much like George Romero, this movie has a lot to say that is, you know, beneath the surface. You know, you you look at it, you see the jokes, you see the humor, you see the fun. Of, of Sean and Ed and, and the rest of the cast going through the movie, you know, Liz and David and, 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 and Diane and, you know, all the kind of shenanigans they're getting up to in order to survive this zombie apocalypse that has befallen the United Kingdom. Uh, but it's, it's a movie with subtext. It's a movie with a lot more going on beneath the surface, just like those Romero movies, you know. Uh, most famously, Romero... Let's, let's talk about Dawn of the Dead for a second. You know, Romero... By, considered by many to be... Romero's zombie masterpiece, but it's also a, a criticism, a critique, a, 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 a lambasting of American mass consumerism. Uh, so, zombies are a wonderful way to 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 impart metaphor on onto its audience to to kind of critique and and and, and point out flaws in society the the zombies is a great vessel for this and Shaun of the dead is no different uh despite the fact that it is is on again on the surface a hilarious movie and if you want to just enjoy the comedy of it you can totally do that but there's much more going on in this in this movie if you want to pull back the curtain peek behind all the different layer i guess peek behind the curtain makes more sense than pull back the you're with me so far but there's layers it's like an onion such a stupid that's a stupid metaphor but but there's a lot more subtext here in this movie than than uh than maybe maybe you've given it credit for in the past and and i think that's gonna be some of the stuff we talk about today joining me today uh is a is a new voice for the tomcast podcast but a a a fervent supporter of this podcast since day one uh my good friend ryan is going to be joining us uh, he is a co-host on the come on it's still good podcast uh, which is a great look back at movies of yesteryear and and determining if they are still good. And one of the reasons why Ryan is is uh, so integral to that podcast is uh, because the other hosts, one of the other one of the other two hosts on that podcast is his brother Reagan, who you may know from this podcast. And Ryan likes to keep Reagan in check, which to me, knowing both of them, is endlessly hilarious. So, <laughs> I hope you check out their podcast and and tell me you know if they're let me know if you th- if you agree with me or not. I, we'll just keep it simple like that. All right, so we're we're gonna check in with Ryan and we're gonna have a discussion today about Shaun of the Dead. We're gonna look at it not so much from like a a, a beat by beat perspective of the movie. You know, I I think everyone kind of knows the beats. I mean, this is a zombie picture. It kind of follows A to B to C to D. Uh, but we're going to explore the characters. We're going to talk about the themes and, and some of the undertones and, and some of the other things going on in this picture that make it so damn good besides just the uh, hilariousness of the jokes, of the antics of Sean and Ed and Liz and, and, and the rest of the gang. 
All right, so we're going to link up with Ryan in just a little bit. If you're not super f familiar with the plot of Shaun of the Dead, uh, it basically follows Shaun, a late 20s Gen Xer, going nowhere fast, not sure what to make of his life, kind of realizing that, that, that time is sleeping away from him, living with his friends, but still sort of having an experience in arrested development in a sort of sense, uh, has a relationship with a, a seemingly wonderful girlfriend, but he can't seem to make the right moves. Um, and eventually she decides to dump him right on the eve of the zombie apocalypse. But Sean decides to take control of his life and save his friends and family during the zombie apocalypse in the United Kingdom. Uh, and this is the adventures as Sean and Ed uh, uh, escort Sean's mom and Philip and Liz and her friends to the Winchester pub to wait out the zombie apocalypse in the United Kingdom. Uh, it's a fun time, and I hope you guys have all seen this movie because we are going to get sp spoilery, and uh, we do definitely jump around uh, from... We definitely jump around a bit in, uh, in, our, in our kind of discussion of the movie, so don't think this is going to be in chronological order. So kind of be prepared to kind of go back and forth in your mind about where we are in the flick. We, we kind of start towards the end, we go back towards the beginning, then we jump in the middle, and then get back to the end again. I will see you on the other side. But before we get to the conversation, remember, sit down, hold on to your butts, strap in, and then hold on to your butts again. We're doing Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead style. Take car, go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! All right, joining me now via the Skype, one of my oldest, dearest friends. This is Ryan, one of the co-hosts of the Come On Is So Good podcast AKA Co is G. And I think that's yep. the web address and the Twitter handles, right? Co is G. Co is G pod. Co is G pod. There it is. Fine. Ryan, how are you tonight? You're in Maryland. How is your family? Are you guys all doing okay? Yeah, we're all, we're all hanging out, you know, living in the house, not going out anywhere, doing anything, but lots of Instacart and working from home and schooling from home, but doing good. Doing good. Well, we are, we are in the month of October, which. Uh, I know. I know your family's a big fan of of, of the Halloween, of, of getting out, doing the trick or treats. Mm. You have two young children at home. Do you guys have a plan this year for Halloween? It's kind of canceled in a way. I okay. mean, we did so like we do things every year. Like we'll go to like the zoo and trick or treat uh, national zoo. This year it was like a drive through, and it was it was it was okay. It wasn't it wasn't what it was before. And sure. the kids kind of know it. They're like that was all right, you know. And <laughs> trick or treating's been canceled for door-to-door -door, uh trick-or-treating so we like we have a small group of neighbors and we're just gonna do like Friday night you know go to some select people's houses and I'm just gonna put one of those you know take one baskets out front for the actual Saturday and just see what happens I don't know how it's gonna go but we did a lot of decorations just to make the kids happy but it's really for nothing no one's supposed to be trick-or-treating around here oh man that's that's really wild I, I've, I've been hearing similar things out here uh, but I, but I feel like, I feel like more adults are upset than children, but maybe that's just the circles yeah. I run in. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And I'm waiting to see on Saturday how many people just, just ignore it and do it anyways. I, I, I imagine the sidewalks are going to be pretty filled up with people 
just doing whatever they want. So I have a suspicion we'll that will be the same out here as well, where I will mm-hmm. uh, cast aspersions on strangers and uh, wish them harm. That's right. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm that the... guy now. <laughs> yeah. The only time I'll have to do, deal with it is I'm sure the dog will want to go out like 50 times during right. the night. So just to take the dog outside, I'll have to like duck around people walking through the street. But, you know, other than that, I think it'll be fine. I'll just stay nicely safe behind my screen door, you know, my glass screen door that they can't <laughs> penetrate. And it'll be great. Well, it'll I would be great. I know I've talked about a little bit about it with with Roger on the show before, uh, but like San Diego, I feel like this is a California thing, but San Diego in particular uh, uh, has this phenomenon of uh, uh, children being bused to the nicer neighborhoods for more better candy opportunities. I don't know. If, right, it's where that, the it's where the big bars are. You know, yeah, they go where the full size candy bars. Yeah, exactly. Are, but... You know, you take them up to up to like where where uh, not you know where all the baseball players live and, and former football players and stuff like that. Not, not, not for us. We get, we get enough, you know, actually this neighborhood is pretty good. I mean, it's not the huge candy and no one's busting into it, but I have seen people arrive in cars. So maybe they are coming from somewhere else. I don't know. You know? All right. Well, listen, let's get into our topic. I, you know, I can sit here and talk about what's going on back East for forever. Cause I have such a connection to the area and everything. Uh, but you are having a beverage tonight. I'm having a beverage tonight. Uh, tell the good people what you are consuming. Uh, I am drinking a pale ale ale called Country Ride from a brewery in Cambridge, Maryland called RAR, and it is delicious. Yeah, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. Cambridge is just across the bridge, right, over on the eastern shore? Yeah, it's about, like, you cross the bridge and the uh, the eastern shore. It's about halfway between the uh, Chesapeake Bay and Ocean City. So it's right, right kind of the Middle Eastern Shore. Isn't there like a minor league baseball team there too? I think I don't know. Maybe no, that's Salisbury. Salisbury. You're thinking okay. of the Delmarva Shorebirds. Del- so. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Uh, I'm drinking a local beer as well. This is from uh, from Society Brewing Company. This is their new uh, straight to can release. This is World of Wonders IPA, six point seven percent. It is described as fruity, juicy, and snappy. Sounds delicious. <laughs> it's really good. Next <laughs> time you and your your family uh, uh, bless us with the, with a visit, uh, we will we will take you to this fine establishment. Well, we're ready. <laughs> All right, buddy. We're here to talk about Shaun of the Dead. I, I mentioned in in the intro this came out in two thousand four. Uh, you and I were living very different lives in two thousand four. <laughs> Were we? I don't even remember what I was doing in 2004. Do you remember what you were doing in 2004? Well, I definitely wasn't married. I know that much. <laughs> well, and I was still I was, I was still two years shy from being married myself. So yeah, it's it's it, it's you know, but I you know, 2004 seems like forever ago. Well, listen. So it's it's Shaun of the Dead. It's it's Edgar Wright. It's Simon Pegg. It's Nick Frost. And this is this movie was kind of our introduction to them and to their sort of unique brand of of humor. Yeah. Can you remember the first time you saw this and kind of how it struck you? Uh, I remember liking it a lot. Can I tell you the first time I saw? I know I saw it in theaters, but I, I don't remember where, you know, where, when. But other than it was two thousand four, but yeah, I saw it and I liked it a lot. But I honestly hadn't watched it in years, uh, so I watched it just recently, and it was freaking awesome. It was just as good as I remembered it, if not better, than when I watched it in theaters the the first time. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, it, it's pretty steadily in, in my rotation. I, I, 
of the Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost movies, this, this one's still my favorite, even though like Hot Fuzz and End of the World are still great. Yeah, they're good. But uh, but this is this one's still my favorite because I think I was surprised. I mean, I remember watching. I don't know if you remember the trailers for the movie, but they they definitely played up the comedy. Vaguely, as, yeah, they, I mean. They they played up the comedy aspect. They did the whole thing where they you know they kind of pretend to do like the zombie walk. So I I remember on that trailer, you know the the L seven music they were playing when they were doing like the zombie walk and, and the pretend that we're dead thing and like they were right, right. hammering home that it's a comedy. Uh, so again I knew I, I that's that's what I was expecting going into seeing the movie. Uh, and and I think I sort of convinced myself that I was seeing like like a parody of a zombie movie that it was gonna be like like just. Kind of like like rim shots, making jokes the whole time, and right. but it's actually a, just a really good movie with a lot of subtext to it. Yes, it's zombies, and yes, it's funny, but there's a lot going on here. Like, there's a lot of layers to kind of peel back when you're watching it. Yeah, sure. It's not just like a, a, a scary movie parody of a zombie movie. It's 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 a real movie that's got comedy ele- elements to it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's the ultimate tribute to George Romero and and uh, you know Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead and, and those pictures, uh, right. but like Romero, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, they kind of had something to say to a certain extent. I mean, not as not as profound maybe uh, as Romero attacking mm-hmm. American you know consumerism in Dawn of the Dead with everyone going to the mall. The mall, right? <laughs> you know, this was kind of not like... a bad place to be. I mean, <laughs> not a bad place well, to be if it's a zombie apocalypse. Not if you're Reagan in 1999, that's for sure. <laughs> right. But, but uh, this was more of a, like, well, let's kind of like look at this through the the British perspective and, like, what's the driving force of British culture? It's, you know, pub life, apparently. So yeah. everyone's going to the pub to stay safe and to, to wait out the uh, the zombie apocalypse and, and, and like that. And, I, and it turned into a movie that was kind of just a fun way to explore these characters and, like, their interpersonal relationships and kind of especially with Sean his how he's not he's like a this Gen Xer who can't quite grow up right and he literally has to like kill his past when he has to shoot his mom in the face <laughs> yes spoil let everything go <laughs> let everything go to move on basically yeah I mean like I said there's a lot of uh, there's a lot to kind of process with this movie that's more than just the, the funny stuff which is don't get me wrong it's great I mean when when, when Sean and Ed are chucking records at the zombies yeah. I mean, yeah it's a pretty good process uh, through which uh, they do that, by the way. I, I like how like some albums are okay to throw at the zombies, and then right. some are like, no, 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 don't do that one. Yeah. He picked through it. And then even the one that was like his girlfriend's, was it uh, Charday or Sade? He didn't want to throw that one either, and then he threw it anyways, you know? <laughs> and then, like, you know, there's like certain Prince albums that were off limits, but you could throw you could throw the right. Batman soundtrack. <laughs> which is a great soundtrack. I don't understand why people harsh on Bat Dance. That's a, that's a great. Great album. I'm sure Reagan has it on his iPod. Talk about Reagan again. <laughs> I don't. That might be. That might be before his time. That was like '89. You know, that's I not. A, that's not it. a sweet spot. <laughs> Betty has it. I don't know. I, I guess. What are some of your favorite things about this movie? Like, what kind of like resonated with you on the first viewing and now as 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 an adult? I really like the way they played it, where you know, like he is just missing. I mean, to, to talk about just the, the zombie part of it, where. He, He's missing every sign of the coming apocalypse. Like you start to see things happen in the background, um, either either they're, you know, kind of like false things happening in the background that look like a zombie's about to attack, to real things going on behind him that he's just totally oblivious to because he's so stuck in his routine. You know, he's just going through the motions of life. Nothing really, 
really is exciting. Like it's the same routine every day, work or convenience store work. And then Winchester is like his entire, his entire existence. So things going on around him, he doesn't seem to pay any attention to. And I like the way that they took that and they did like that single shot camera scene, like one day where it was all quote unquote normal. And then the next day they followed it pretty much beat for beat. But yeah. It was like the world was completely uh, upside down and, and tossed, you know, around him, but he didn't even catch on to it yeah. until, you know, much later. Completely oblivious to, to yeah. his environment. And I, you know, I, I guess I kind of wonder if that's, again, sort of like a commentary on, on the way our societies become, you know, again, not, not like a heavy handed commentary, but like, oh, we're all kind of stuck in these routines and we're all in, in a way. So we're all kind of zombies to a certain extent. Right. And I, you know, again, this is 2004. But I mean, how many times are you walking around nowadays and people are just like face down in their phones? Every day. <laughs> Every mean, day. Like, in, in a lot of senses, it's kind of gotten worse since this movie came out. Like they could do this whole movie all over again and have even more to say about the, the, the sort of zombification of our society. Right. But again, it's not heavy handed. It's not overt. I mean, it, it, it's, it's done through the lens of a comedy, through this sort of these, these, no. these two Gen X characters who are just kind of middling in life. And, I mean, they even touched on a little bit with just the cell phone that, you know, they had, the, the limited cell phones they had in this, you know, taking calls for unimportant things when, you know, they're trying to get into Winchester, you know, not get killed. He's, he's taking a phone call. So they, they, they touch on it, you know, like. Yeah. And, and it like, is infamous two seconds. <laughs> right. <laughs> two seconds. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's funny. Uh, I, I It's such an enjoyable movie. Like, it's like. I, Again, for the the humor alone makes the movie worth watching. But like after you've watched it so many times, like you 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 definitely pick up like all the all the subtle observations that they're making about the world we live in. And again, it's two thousand four, but it 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 plays totally relevant right now as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's Absolutely. it's it's so fun to watch the movie. Like I said, I, I enjoy watching it fairly regularly, but I'm always kind <laughs> of learning something new when I watch it. I suppose. Right. Like I think I I think it was. It might have been this, this most recent time I watched it, where I was like, when, when the scene again, I'm going to spoil things here towards the end. But when he when his mother turns into the zombie and he has to shoot her, I'm like, oh, I get it now. He's like killing his past and sort of trying to move forward. Yeah, <laughs> like it just kind of resonates in a different way. And it's the it's the past he didn't want to let go of because the whole the whole thing of killing Philip, you know, like over and over again in that one scenario, they kept oh, the great Bill that, Nye, so good. Yeah, <laughs> like they just. That part of his his existence, he wanted to get rid of pretty easily. It was it was shedding the stuff that was hard, I guess, to to move on was, you know, getting over that hill. Well, and some of the funnier stuff of that movie too has to do with Philip and and <laughs> like when he's trying to convince his mom to leave the house and he just, just it starts making up lies about right. how Philip touched him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, that's that not didn't true. Happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> he can't, he can't, he's, you know, he's like a 29, I think they say he's 29 years old in the movie, but he still can't lie to his mom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, again, it's, it's also part of the movie is his relationship with Liz and, and right. you know, the things that are holding him back and from advancing his relationship. And, you know, I, I suppose Ed is the biggest representation of the things that hold him back. Right. But, but also probably his strongest relationship throughout the whole movie. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, can you can do you have anything to kind of any kind of commentary you have for for Sean and Ed's dynamic? I mean, uh, I was like, I mean, it sort of works. Would you consider it healthy though? <laughs> I 
I I don't know if I'd call it healthy, but it's it's I wouldn't say it's an uncommon relationship with uh, uh, some unmarried guys, uh, you know, living in a well. I don't know if he was actually paying rent there. It didn't seem to be, but you know, living together as roommates. Um, but you know, I wouldn't say it was the best of relationships, but it wasn't the worst either. They kind of they kind of got each other right. Yeah, I mean, they were sort of and they were sort of codependent on each other. I mean, they they'd been friends for so long. Right. They but, enabled each other. Yeah, they kind of. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put that. And but you know, they open that. that I love the opening scene when they're when they're in the Winchester, and and Sean and Liz are having that conversation, and then you find out that Ed and and and, <laughs> and, everybody, and the other two are in the room when they're talking <laughs> crap about them. Yeah, right? exactly. It, it plays yeah. so funny, uh, but but it kind of talks about like this kind of codependent relationship that we all find ourselves in with our friends sometimes, particularly. I would imagine our generation maybe more so than others. Yeah. Because I don't know how people date nowadays, so I can't comment on that at all. Yeah, I, I, I'm not the expert there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been, you know, with my wife since 1999, so I, I can't give you dating advice, especially current dating scene. It's, it's been too long. <laughs> too long. Yeah, and maybe that's like the one thing that's sort of like uh... – I don't know if like dates the movie is the right word because, be, but it, it's definitely a movie that I think that strikes our generation probably the hardest. <laughs> yeah, because I, th- I think we all kind of had like these friendships with with a person like Ed or with a person like Sean, and we all had to figure out how to become adults at some point. And this was Sean, of course, has to learn it the the, the most extreme way possible, which is in the zombie apocalypse. Right. It's a, you know it. it trial by fire worked out pretty quick it, <laughs> everything turned around in a couple days yeah it, it, it's it's I, I think that's part of the humor too is, is is sean is trying to become this man of action this man of responsibility by it by helping these people and leading them to safety but he basically is taking the wrong way <laughs> that right. he, every direction he goes is sort I mean, of the, the whole the whole main course of his mission is the wrong way i mean to, to go to the bar is not a great idea you know <laughs> The Winchester. I mean, it, I guess it works out for him, not for everybody else. But it was not the uh, <laughs> the, the best the best plan, you know. Well, so, uh, again, it's it, 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 like I said. I think it's sort of like a commentary on that that sort of British pub culture that that's so prevalent there. Uh, but one of my favorite aspects about the movie too, and I was wondering what you thought about it. You know, we're, we're so used to the zombie movies in America, even the, even the funny ones. They all they they all sort of have a common theme where it's like. Oh, let's get guns and shoot the zombies in the head. But right. you're in you're in the United Kingdom. Uh, guns not readily available. <laughs> so it's sort of like the anti-American establishment in that regard. So of course you get a right. cricket bat, right? Yeah, but they they did do the one gun reference, the Winchester reference throughout the whole movie without being overly, you know, uh, as much crushing you with guns everywhere. You know, it was more. It was more blunt instruments they were using mostly, but you know, like they still had the whole running joke of whether the gun would fire or it was fake, you know, <laughs> right. the conspiracy spirit, you know, and then and then the the very end, again, you know, spoiling for the end, but I'm sure everybody's, you know, two thousand four we're allowed to spoil things. The the military comes out and just shoots everything. I don't know how they don't shoot them too, but they they just mow down everything in front of the Winchester. So there are there are still some some you know gun references but yeah probably not as much as the the good old us of a um but you know yeah i i, just, I guess i just sort of like the idea of like the the gun being like this unattainable object you know it, it's right. it, it's something again you, they, they talk about it throughout the movie 
it's it's not just thrown in there at the last minute like oh my gosh the Winchester has a Winchester, right? <laughs> but right. you know, I, I guess I, I guess I just enjoy that kind of like juxtaposition of American culture versus the English culture. Well, I like that they put in it, it was like a cricket bat he had most of the time, just to you know that he got out of the shed that you know just seemed. There was a bunch of. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an English movie, so of course they're going to have tons of references. But you know, there's, there was, um, of course, the cricket bat. There's the whole nine 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 instead of nine one one. You know, like it's three numbers, and it's like you know, <laughs> and it was just basically all to get to the joke of the lions engaged. You know, instead of busy, and it's like. It, <laughs> it was just to be a joke about Liz later on. I loved all that stuff, right? Like. <laughs> Whether it was, I'm sure it wasn't intentionally for an American audience or for me, but it, it played well with me, anyways. You know what I mean? No, a hundred percent. I've always sort of uh, been envious of, I don't know, envious. Maybe envious is too strong of a word, but I've always enjoyed, you know, the British culture. I, you know, I think you and I, we, I think a lot of people in our age bracket grew up watching reruns yeah, of, of uh, of Monty Python and and you know all that all that good stuff. So we, I think we've always all kind of liked that a little bit. Uh, no, I was just, uh, I was, before the internet connection got a little dicey, I was mentioning how, you know, our generation kind of grew up watching reruns of British TV shows like, like Monty Python and, and the, you know, Flying Circus. So I think we all kind of have an affinity for a little bit of that British culture. Sure. So seeing a movie like Shaun of the Dead was, oh yeah, I kind of get some of the stuff. I kind of know what we're talking about already. Right. Right. You know, it, 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 it sort of, I don't know. I don't know if it scratched an itch necessarily, but, uh, it was still resonating, even though the culture is different over there. Right, I agree. Uh, what did you think of the the horror elements of the movie? And, you know, I thought they were actually pretty good. I mean, they were they were slow moving zombies, which you know the some classic. people love and some people hate. But I, I kind of like the slow zombie, and you know they seemed um, you know at some point to be the worst zombies ever. But they they were they were. I don't want to use the word realistic because they're zombies. That's, <laughs> of course, that's kind of that's kind of ridiculous. But they they were believable zombies to me. I guess I thought the I thought the the effects and makeup were good, and you know, like uh, um, again, it was a comedy, so you kind of expect it to be making fun of things. But it was, I think the 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 zombies and the turning and everything it was legit. You know, like the the. The horror of it, I guess, for lack of a better word, was was good. You know, like there was some, you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go far to say I was terrified by anything, but they you, they they display the scene well, like when they're crashing through the the windows and they pull Philip out and you know tear him apart and rip his you know entrails out and everything. That was that was pretty strong. I thought that was a pretty good scene. I don't know about you, but I thought they did a good job. Oh no, they definitely did a good job. Um, except they 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 uh, they tore through David, not Philip. Oh, I'm sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> no, I'm Philip. Philip uh, 
died in the car. But yeah, David was the one that they tore up. David had the best death, you know, where they like ripped his legs off and you know his guts being ripped out. Yeah, no, and it's it's such a it's such an interesting uh, moment for all the characters as as David's kind of realizing something about himself and he's getting ready to to, to make this kind of a gr- uh, apology to Sean for the way he's behaved basically throughout the course of the movie. <laughs> and, and instead of getting to de- 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 deliver that apology, uh, yeah, he gets uh, uh, torn apart <laughs> very violently. Right. Um, right. And I, that, that's kind of sort of where the, well, I don't know if that's like the defining moment, but I mean, that's kind of where the comedy stops <laughs> and it becomes yeah. like, oh shit, this is like, we're taking this kind of the zombie part seriously. Well, yeah, because I mean, they get that's after he gets torn apart. The you know he has to sh- he shoot his mom before. Yeah, he just had shot his mom it before that, right, right? Before that, yeah. So that's really where it starts to get twisted is when he's losing his mom. That whole scene shoots his mom. Then they then he gets torn apart. The other girl dies, which honestly I don't remember when she. I know she kind of got taken, but I don't I don't remember her actually. She dying. decides that after David gets torn apart, she's gonna go out the doors and, and fight the zombies yeah. to avenge him or something. It was strange. Right. But you know and then not rational. Then you then you get Ed bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then you get them, you know, jumping over the bar and Ed coming in trying to, you know, set everything on fire. And then there's the the whole scene down below in the basement where they're gonna end it all. Like they're talking about, you know, how to how to perform the the murder suicide down the bottom so they don't have to get turned. Yeah, I guess you know that's a pretty pretty uh pretty dark ten minutes of the film right there, you know. Uh, but they still found some ways to put levity in there while it was going on. But Right, you know, like the, the you know, Ed farting. <laughs> yeah. I'm so Which is great because again that was the callback. I love the like setup jokes and callbacks throughout this movie, you know, w- with that and it was like I'm sorry, Sean. That's great. That that made me laugh so much. Yeah. You know? I, no, no. So it, the, it. the the whole story is so tightly woven. Uh, you know, like, like you mentioned, the callbacks and everything that kind of that kind of comes at the end, sort of was hinted at in the beginning. Right. No, no. So it's a really, 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 really well written and 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 again, these performances I thought were awesome. Yeah. You know, we didn't know Simon Pegg. We didn't know Nick Frost. We didn't know these guys. No, was, I can't think of anything that I would have seen uh, Simon Pagan before this, and now you kind of see him all over. But this was his coming out, at least for me. I, you know, maybe he was bigger in England. I, I don't know, but yeah, I, I remember watching Nick, uh, Nick Frost and just being like, "Like, is that who this guy is? Is this how he acts all the time?" Right. <laughs> like, I mean, he's just so convincing as this like slacker who just curses and says inappropriate things all the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, I lost my next question, but uh, um, yeah, I, I kind of keeping it on the on that theme and, and kind of how when I first saw the movie, and I I I remember sitting there and and I was still under the impression that I was watching this parody of, of a zombie movie, and then those scenes started happening, like the stuff with Sean's mom and and David getting torn apart. And I was like, oh no, it, I'm I'm wrong. I've been watching this movie the wrong the entire time, and I, I I had to go back to the cinemas like a couple weeks later to watch it again from a different perspective because I thought I was watching like the zombie version of like not another teen movie. Right. That's right. <laughs> and it, and then it, it almost is always better on that second watch because you watch it, you, you know what you're expecting and it, you catch more or at least I did. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. I know. That's exactly how I felt about it. And, 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 you know, kind of what I told you earlier is, is I'm still, I still watch the movie and I still feel like I'm finding new things about it. Like it's, it's such an interesting picture to watch. 
Uh, what about, hmm, let's just talk about how great Bill Nye is, can we? Sure. Can you, can you watch this movie and see Bill Nye and not think of, uh, Love Actually? (laughs) 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 No, this is what I think of now. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's Shaun of the Dead all the time now? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Love, listen, listen, uh, confession time, Love Actually is a movie that plays in this house around Christmas time, but mostly for Bill Nye. Because I want to hear him sing that goddamn song. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Christmas is all around me. And so the feeling grows. It's written in the <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I've seen Love Actually probably once in my entire life, so it's not on, I don't have the same level of uh, uh, Love Actually comprehension that you do. Well, make sure uh, make sure Reagan puts it in the, in the sack so you guys can <laughs> view it. I'll, I'll take a note. It's a movie with flaws, for sure, but watch the first 10 right. minutes just to see Bill Nye, and you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll move off of Bill Nye then. Yeah. Uh, I guess like, mm. oh, hello. Oh, sorry, dog barking. Hey. Yeah. All right. It's yeah. Familiar sound. Well, this is <laughs> this is why I tried to record earlier in the day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, once Janine gets home, all bets are off on what's going to happen right. in this house. Yeah. I believe me. I'm surprised it's so quiet on mine. I mean, I've. I've... I've huddled myself into the little office in the basement, which usually works out. But, you know, with the kids upstairs, even though they're supposed to be sleeping, <laughs> you never know when you're going to hear like a billion footsteps, something fall over, the dogs start freaking out. Yeah. So, you know, I get it. <laughs> All right. Let me th- let me take a little diversion here uh, because right. I would, you know, obviously Sean and Ed love the Winchester and that's what they decide is going to be the best place to wait out this apocalypse and let it all blow over. As as they right. say in the movie, I I think you've talked about it on your podcast, but remind me where would you wait out the zombie apocalypse? Uh, well, what I said was I would just end my life because <laughs> I would not do well in the zombie apocalypse, and then I was I was uh, mocked uh, accordingly for saying that I would just I would just not do well, and I'd just rather have like a great night. Um, you know, watching DVDs or something and just taking like cyanide pills. And then, like, <laughs> then I said, you know, with because, you know, we were watching Dawn of the Dead and I said, the mall would not be a terrible place. You know, there's plenty of stuff to do. I, I think I'd use their supplies and better stores in a way. But I also thought that, you know, somewhere out in the woods in like a high tree position somewhere that you're off the ground would be a pretty good if you could find some kind of bunker or something out there. But Oh, yeah, bon- my my <laughs> position was I was better off dead, and I should just you know have like a, a nice last hurrah and take myself out. <laughs> bunker bunker in a tree, or or kill yourself. Yeah, right. 
Okay. I mean, where would where would you go? I mean, where, where is the perfect place? I mean, am I in, am I in Shaun of the Dead's uh, neighborhood now? I probably would just stayed in his apartment and made sure the damn door was locked. It's probably right. what I would have done. <laughs> I mean, I would not have run to the Winchester probably. Right. Where, no, I, I, where are you going? Yeah, you know, I I I've gone back and forth about this a million times over like the last decade. You know, since the rise of the, the Walking Dead and all these, all these, you know, the kind of resurgence yeah. of zombies in popular culture, uh, and for like a long time, I, was, I, I maintained that like Costco was the was the ideal destination. But I think everyone's gonna go to try and go to Costco, right? And so, I, I think that's the same problem with the mall that I had originally. Is that you're not gonna have the mall be empty like it was in Dawn of the Dead. There's gonna be eighteen thousand people trying to get in. Exactly. So I, I've sort of changed my my tune on that. Um, and I don't, I don't have a great answer. I honestly don't. Uh, yeah. So you know, somehow like, a, a boat at sea sounds reasonable, but no, that's a bad, bad plan. Bad plan. <laughs> you s- you're gonna, you're just gonna run out of. You're gonna have to land somewhere eventually, or dock somewhere eventually, and you're just gonna die. <laughs> like, I, well, that's what I, you know. Again, I, I have not thought of the the perfect scenario here. Right. <laughs> I, I would probably struggle as mightily as you have in this right. in this equation. I'm, you know, I just, I just, it's a, it's a lost cause, but you know, people tell me maybe it's like, you know, 28 days and you know, they're going to rot or go away and you know, that I shouldn't end myself. So I, I, I would just find a place to hide for a while. <laughs> and then if it's not going well, I'd probably just end myself anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see myself living like the people on the walking dead. That just seems like a miserable existence. I mean, you think the idea of like, like securing like a, like a top floor penthouse is more, yeah, Easily I'd rather dependable. I'd rather do that than like live in an old jail somewhere in the middle of Georgia, right? Oh, like, I agree that with that too. Yeah, that's that's no bueno. Right, it didn't seem like a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, you have to find a nice setup, like some kind of survivalist house, and then kill the person living there and take their setup. Right, that's the way to do things. Yeah, maybe I should just roll over to like Potomac and hope that some rich millionaire has like a panic room or something that I can just <laughs> hide out into that's stocked with that. I just have to take him out. <laughs> You're gonna open that closet behind you, and I'm gonna find just like bottles of water, aren't I? <laughs> You're here prepping already. Nope. <laughs> uh, I mean, if by prepping that I have like uh, like a twenty pack of water, then I guess I'm prepped. <laughs> That's about it. I got a couple days. Uh, I mean, one thing you've learned from this global pandemic right now is that. Food you stocked up with a family of four does not last that long. No. <laughs> You'd have to be one hell of a prepper. No. <laughs> As someone who, who uh, uh, works in the grocery game, yeah, like, I, I saw the same people pretty regularly, no matter how big yeah. their cart was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'd have to. I'd have to have like a walk-in freezer the size of like a, a semi-truck to be able to live for like a month without going to the store. I mean, again, that's why I'm just going to take it out. Well, I mean, you're not you're not rationing. That's the that's the real problem. You're just eating like you know the the world's well, of okay. <laughs> of course, you're not living. I mean, up, you, uh, you, you got to eat away your problems at this point, right? There's there's <laughs> zombies outside. What are you gonna do? Hey, my like, friend, I'm drinking away my problems. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> I mean, so so your prep cellar, you open it up and it's just like a gigantic beer freezer or beer fridge. Uh, there's nothing else in there. Right. <laughs> okay, I that got is it. That. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a good plan to me. I mean, it's how the pyramids were built. It's fine. Right. And then, you know, if it's if it's Shaun of the Dead world, maybe 
you'll be so drunk that the zombies will think you're zombies anyways with the zombie walk and the noises just like they were able to get through that you won't even get eaten. You'll be all right. Well, I mean, like you said, I mean, you're, you're kind of playing with borrowed time anyways. I mean, it, it, it feels like sort of inevitable that they're, they're going to get you at some point. Right. Like, where could you possibly go? I mean, the, the, the only gamble you got is that reanimated corpses don't stay reanimated forever. And then, then you can wait it out or try to. But, you know, roll those dice. Well, I mean, at least at least in your case, you have the winter to help potentially help aid you in combating <laughs> the the zombies. <laughs> you know, at least you're, if you've got to be held up somewhere in a bunker somewhere or, you know, in a secure tree fort, you've got nice weather. You know? <laughs> you're not worried about snow or rain getting on you. Well, okay, let, 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 let's get out of this. Are you sure? We can, yeah. go, we can go on this for a while. I mean, what are you going to do with your dogs? Well, listen, let's be honest. Like, the dogs are the main reason why I would want to live. Yeah. But uh, if something happened to them, you know, then it's like, I'll just I'll just swallow the bullet. It's fine. Yeah. If my little chili boy, something happens to him, right. I'm going with him. I mean, so I guess if you're heading up to the mountains, to Tahoe or wherever to hide out, um, you're packing the car with beer, the dogs, I, I imagine 13 or 14, uh, baby Yoda pops and some clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about, that's about it. You're not far <laughs> off, sir. You're not far off. <laughs> I mean, do you have a weapon you're going to bring? Uh... You know, I'm a big fan of the, of the, of a, of a pike. Like, that's what that's what again you know blending back to our podcast i said i have no real weapons i would probably just like break a rake and like duct tape a knife to the end of it and that would be <laughs> that would be my weapon of choice something with some distance on it i like uh you yeah. know obviously you probably should keep like a machete or something for close quarters but like i want to keep them away right <laughs> you know just like covid six feet buddy Six feet. That's right. <laughs> you would use, you know, getting back to Shaun of the Dead, you'd, you'd use the tetherball pole or whatever they had. <laughs> but that didn't work well for Sean in that, did it? <laughs> uh, no, didn't work well for his mom either. <laughs> no. Oh, oh poor Sean's mom. <laughs> yeah, I, but, you know, you see these zombies in that movie, and they move very, very slow. I don't know how everyone's like, they're so bitey, and I'm like... They're not, they're not even moving fast. How are you letting these people bite you? It well, just seems a little bit... Actually, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you dovetailed back into that because that that was the next thing I wanted to bring up with you. You know, you know, like we said, this is uh, uh, this movie is a, a tribute to George Romero and his zombie pictures. You know, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, the whole the whole series. You know, yeah. sort of the the movies that defined the genre of zombies. Uh, what 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 zombie would you prefer, the slow or the fast? I mean, I'm assuming. You prefer the slow, but I mean, as as a, just as a cinema goer, as as a movie person, what what do you want to watch? I think those fast zombies are more terrifying, just because they pose more of a threat. You know, the, the slow zombies can be you know creepy, and you know you're just overwhelmed by the horde. But right. I mean, if I had to fight zombies, I would want the slow ones because I'm not that quick myself. Again, I don't want I don't want to cast spoilers. I know I know you guys have Dawn of the Dead coming up on your on your show, uh, but I remember the first time I watched that the the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead the remake with the fast zombies and like when that zombie starts sprinting at at uh, at uh, Sarah what's her name <laughs> like I was like yeah. oh shit get out yeah. of there. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I think Romero's come out before his passing had come out and was kind of against the the fast zombie. But as a moviegoer, it does bring a unique element 
to the genre. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see the advantages of both, you know, for, for people. Because it's the same thing as, like, watching, like, uh, Jason from the Friday the 13th movies, like, Slowly Walk or, or Michael Meyer, you know, like, versus some, you know, super fast thing attacking you very quickly. There, there's 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 terrifying moments of both, but, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, de- no, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I, I definitely, as a moviegoer, prefer the slow zombie, but uh, every now and again, when done well... Like in Dawn of the Dead, like Dawn, like done in Twenty Eight Days Later, the fast zombie is that's quite terrifying. Yeah, because yeah, like no, you, like a... you said, they all seem to be like Olympic level sprinters. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which I am not. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, no, it, it would be over very quickly. <laughs> yes, it would, and it sounds like it would be horrifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, what else about this picture kind of captures your attention? Like, what do you? What else do you pay attention to when you're watching it? Well, I mean, just little things here and there. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing, you know, again, like... No, listen, this movie's a good time. But I'm just kind of ca- curious what captures your, your personal interest in it. It's like, I, again, I like figuring out all the things that were talked about, led to the way it was the way it was shot with the before and after scenes. I love the way they did the him flipping through the television and it would still tell the story flipping from news to non news to everything like that. I don't know. I don't know how to exactly put the word on, but just like the, the background story building. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? I really love that about this movie. The exposition, the way they did exposition without after ever actually kind of chronicling like the causes, like, like whenever they were about to say like, Oh, this was caused by so-and-so he would change the channel. Before you found out that, right. that piece of information, yeah, but you still had enough, that. yeah, you still put it together because of all the different different elements, right? Yeah, no, no, the the story's told in a really fun, unique way. They kind of avoid, uh, a, a, I don't know if like direct answers is, is the right way I want to put that, but they they, they they don't worry about explaining why there are zombies. There just are, like something happened. Right. You know, and that's all you. That's all. It's kind of alluded to. He's like something happened, and now there's zombies. I have to. I have to tell you that uh, on on my most recent watching, well, you know, once you and I had had planned this episode, I was like, yeah. okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I watch on the Dead all the time. I will watch it now. It was the first time I've watched it in 2020. The beginning of this movie in 2020 terms <laughs> is yeah. pretty fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> when he's sitting on the bus and people are coughing all around him. <laughs> Right. How uncomfortable were you? I definitely felt that. I I mean, just being out in the streets and everything with people coming up to him and the guy asking for change and all kinds of stuff just felt weird right now, right? The the whole thing on the bus with like the the person behind him coughing his brains out and then he looks out the window and he sees like the woman just fall down on the sidewalk. I was like, oh my God, it's happening. This is 2020. (laughs) I was a little uncomfortable. Those those first twenty like, ish thirty minutes of the, of the movie, I was like, "Wow, yeah, this is yeah. kind of real." <laughs> yeah, which I guess is fair for any plague movie. Which I've actively avoided plague movies during the pandemic. Oh. It's you, a little you too. Why rent Contagion like everybody else in March and watch that? And, you no. know, like Outbreak and all the other ones. Yeah, no, no, no. I I definitely avoided that because I was like, "Oh, that sounds a little too close to home." <laughs> yeah, 
Though, if, if, if you remember, we did use several snippets from Contagion in this podcast when when COVID was still so far away. We, we thought it was never going to happen. Right. <laughs> We're like, oh, that COVID thing, that's happening elsewhere. We're, that will be fine. Our government will never let us down. No, couldn't happen. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Watch those for anyone listening to this podcast. If you're still here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first 20, 30 minutes of, of Shaun of the Dead. Pay attention. Right. <laughs> it's a little intense. Yeah. What else you got for me, bud? What else? You got any more notes you want to share about the movie that I haven't, haven't gotten to directly? I mean, there were some cool things in the bar in the end. You know, I don't know how scene by scene you went, but I thought the whole like um, the when like uh, kill the queen music was coming on, and you know, like <laughs> yes, yes, they were doing the pool cue like, this is like almost choreographed, you know, exactly. choreographed fight. It was yeah. it was a lot of fun, and the, you know, the, the whole dart in the head. I mean, there is a lot. The I dart mean, in the was, head. Still sends me to the floor laughing every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, there's, there's so <laughs> many. We could unpack scene by scene, and I could tell you every little like great thing. About, I mean, there's so much. You know, there's the, the then there's like the beer bottle standoff where they've all got the broken beer bottle. That was great. <laughs> when Ed hands the broken bo- bottle to, yes. to, yes. <laughs> to, to, to uh, Diane's character. Excuse me, I was yeah. I lost her name for a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, this is great, like Mexican standoff with a with, with with beer bottle, broken beer bottles, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's um, God, I, like I said, the, 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 like or like you said, actually, I mean, there's so much to kind of unpack. I mean, the the humor from scene to scene is so good. You know, from when Sean first goes to Liz's apartment, and he has to try and climb the 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 the, the <laughs> trestles, the, the right. <laughs> Are you talking about the first time when he goes to try to win her back? And yeah, the first time before before and he, he can't quite make it all the way up. Right. <laughs> but then he has and to make it all the way up the next time because the zombies are after him. And again, I think that's, you know, to your point earlier, that's him showing showing growth as he's going, you know, like his character growing, you know, in his life. Like he's he's realizing what's important and, and making it work, right? Like they're trying to show that. Yeah, the the humor is so good in the movie, and I know I'm, I'm I know I probably look at it a little too I don't know subtextually sometimes, but I think that's be, I blame that on San Diego State, and I have the fact I I chose to write, <laughs> write an essay about this movie, so I, I had Did to look you? at it from a couple different perspectives. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it. I, again, I think this movie kind of clicks with our with our age bracket with our age group uh, because I think most of us in our twenties were kind of lost and stumbling around for a little while. And, you know, eventually we had to con- confront that. Uh, le- yeah. Sean just has to do that with the lens of, of a zombie apocalypse on him. Well, I mean, especially especially with us, you know, having both worked in an electronics store. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's a good point, too. Right. <laughs> he's got a little close to home when he's, uh, you know, addressing the sales force, getting ready. You know, it just it feels a little too real. Right. Like, well, yeah. When, I mean, when he, when he's talking to that younger coworker, and you know, he asks him how old he is, and the guy's like, "I'm 17," and Sean's like, "Oh yeah. shit!" <laughs> right. I'm like 29. I'm still here. Yeah, I've, I've I've been there. <laughs> no, we. I think we all have. I mean, right. like our generation, I think is kind of known for our. Uh, what's a good word? Like not or. Hmm. I'm gonna pause while I think of the damn word. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm, I'm trying to help you, but I'm not sure I know exactly what you're going for. <laughs> I'm totally blanking on the word I want. Yeah. Well, Generation X is the best generation. <laughs> I do agree with that. <laughs> I, I mean, while you think of the word, I just felt, you know, like, again, you see the work at an electronics store, going home, finding someone playing video games, playing video games, worrying about what bar to go to, just kind of figuring out what's going on with your love life and your family life and trying to make it all work. That that's pretty much wraps up. 95% of Generation X's uh, yeah. experience I, in, the, in, in their in their 20s, you know. Uh, I, I still can't I still can't figure out what I want, but I mean our our lack of interest in growing up, I think yeah. is probably the best way to describe it. Like right. none of none of us wanted to become adults. <laughs> our failure to launch to, to quote a Matthew McConaughey. Oh, uh, oh, that Matthew McConaughey. It was McConaughey. <laughs> McConaughey and I think Sarah Jessica fucking Parker. Right, yeah. <laughs> That was the one with like Terry Bradshaw in it. Was that it? Was that the was one that... Terry Bradshaw's naked? Yeah, well, that's, that's it. That's the one. I just watched that scene over and over again, so I, I don't know that rest of the movie. Is that is that in the bag too for your podcast? No, uh, God knows, maybe. Um, oh, there's like a hundred and forty-four movie. I mean, we we'll have movies for years. You know, again, check us out. Coisgpod.com. Uh, <laughs> We'll eventually hit whatever movie you think you want, or you probably don't want to hear about, but you think you do, and we'll listen to it again. <laughs> That's a great plug. I like that very much. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I really I, sold it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I my my train of thought is completely derailed at this point. I'm not gonna lie. Well, you were just asked about you know cool scenes and things for the movie. I mean, is there anything in there that? I mean, we didn't even get to the 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 ending with like. You know, like the newscast again, and Z Day, and then oh. you know, um, seeing uh, the garage or the shed. The you shed, know, like yeah. the, the final scene with the shed, which kind of wraps everything up, where he's able to move on and grow in his life, but he still he keeps that one little nugget, right? <laughs> A little kernel. Still got his boy and finds time for him. You know, despite everything else, right? Yeah, right. one of the, one of the again another uh, uh, comedic twist with these zombies is that they, they they still sort of retain like some kind of uh, emotional connection to their old life, right? So, uh, like when they when their roommate, I think I think his name's Alan. I can't remember the other roommate in the house. Yeah, the, the one that gets shot in the eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But like, you know, when they, when they find him at the bar as well, trying to kill them, and then they provoke him by. <laughs> I think his name's Pete. Was it Pete? Is it Pete? I think I, I know his name know. in real life is Pete. I can't remember. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, he, I'm... you're right. No, you're right. He is Pete. It's uh, yeah, Peter Serafinowicz is yeah. is Pete in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like they they kind of provoke him real quick by by, you know, it's Ed for God's sake. Come on. Right. And he, and he even says, "Why does he go stay and live out in the shed or something?" At some point, when he wants to get him out of the apartment, right? So right, and so, that was so, another little callback from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, you know, like which I which I love. Well, you know, it's it's a little bit of a commentary on Ed because it, because of his fate, he gets you know uh, again. I'm, we're assuming you've seen the movie. He gets bitten. He gets turned. Yeah. He's in the shed. Sean goes out to play video games with him still to this day because that's his boy. Uh, but it's kind of a, a statement on on Ed too, who you know was kind of like locked in in this sort of like I'm just gonna sit around and play video games and you know, go about life with as little commitments as possible. Yeah, I don't know. Does that, does that sound 
appropriate for Ed's face? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, but it is that little piece of of Sean's past that he he does keep for himself, and he just kind of like tucks it away in the closet or in the shed. Uh, right. And he can still go visit it, but in the house is is Liz and moving forward. And you know, again, after literally shooting his his past and his childhood in, in the face in face, the movie, right? <laughs> which is that's a bold statement. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's kind of a bold way to deal with uh, your 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 mother issues, I suppose. Yeah. And his mother's a nice lady. Let's not get it. She twisted. was. Like, she, she was very she's nice. She's not controlling or anything like that. She just wants him to bring some flowers when she come when he comes for a visit. That's it. Right. Oh, and I mean, I should honestly, mention the flower scene. The flower scene, bad guy. The flower scene with with the mom and Liz and the flowers is so fucking funny to me. Yes, he's buying great. the flowers for his mom, but he has to give them to Liz to make up for not making the dinner reservations. And, but he leaves the card in there. Right. And he's Simon like, Pegg's oh, reaction. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I I know we're hopping all over the place with this movie, but we are. <laughs> it, it kind of works for me. It's okay. Yeah. Okay, as long as, you know, people are going to be like, God, why did they bring this guy on? He talks about everything out of order and when back up. That's okay. No, I mean, uh, you know, we kind of do that on, on, on when, when we break down the movies, we, we kind of get into them based on different aspects of the picture. So it, it'll work just fine. Don't worry. Good. You know, like, like I said, I, like, like when it's, your podcast is going to break it down beat by beat. So we'll save it for yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will tell you another another thing. I really another scene I really like. I know we're again hopping all around. And I'm just making it worse. No, no, was no. When 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 he they run into the the other group with uh, <laughs> with Martin Freeman, where it's just like the the mirror image of their group, yes. and they walk by each other, and they're yes. like, "Hey, hey," you know. Yes, like, that's really good too. You're right. And I, I'm dying to know what happened. To the rest of that group, right? Because like, we, we 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 meet up with Yvonne later. She's the one who brings the military to the Winchester. That's right. But we don't see the rest of her group with her. So did they make it through, or did she lose them as well? I don't know. I think they could do a whole nother sequel from their point of view. I mean, ob- <laughs> obviously, just... Yvonne's plan works a hell of a lot better than Sean's. That's right. So I'm assuming they're all safe somewhere, and she's the real hero of this movie because she brought the the military to them, right? Like, well, I mean, like we said, Sean's trying to be responsible, but I mean, he does make mistake after mistake after mistake. <laughs> yeah, he had small, you know, he has small wins, but uh, you know, he ultimately it's not a great plan. We we know, this, but. Somehow he leads the zombies away from the Winchester and gets back safely, so everybody can get in. You know, he has he has his moments where he gets it right. I, I did also enjoy uh, as they are nearing the Winchester, shortly after this scene that we're talking about right now, uh, when he's going to take a look to make sure the coast is clear, and he goes up those little kitty steps on the uh, on that little slide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. He just comes back down. And he's like, "Oh no, this is not good." Right. And like the look on Simon Pegg's face. Yeah, he he plays that that that. Uh, defeated, you know, crap. I don't want to tell people what I saw. He he plays that very well. Yeah, he really know? does. It's, it's one of his strengths, which is so funny because I think I feel like the next movie we saw him, which is uh, Hot Fuzz, he's right. like he's like this overconfident character, yeah. you know, just like bursting with confidence and and self belief, and 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 Sean's just the opposite of that. Right. So fun. Yeah. So it's fun to kind of watch those two things play out. Yeah. Especially. At, you know, in all their movies, they, they Simon Pegg and Nick Frost do a really good job of being different people in each one. That's really fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We we'll have to do a Hot Fuzz podcast because I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> When's the last I, time you saw that? That's been a while too. Um, you know, I want to I want to watch Hot Fuzz and um, what's the third one? You already mentioned it. And now I'm blanking on oh, something. Uh, world at World's uh, End. 
at World's End. Yeah, I want to watch it again because it had been a long time and I watched this and I'm like, this is this is outstanding. Now I'm going to watch the others, you know, and just remind myself again what they're about. You know, I was going to mention too when, when you're talking about the the scene with uh, the Queen music, the uh, you yeah. know having a good time. And the kind of way the, the choreography and the beat by beat kind of blows as as they're beating the bartender down with the with the pool cues. Uh, I was going to ask if you had seen Baby Driver. I have. I liked Baby Driver. I did. Yeah, I, and I feel like that movie borrowed a lot from Edgar Wright's version. You know, Edgar Wright borrowed a lot from himself from Shaun of the Dead to make that movie because the the music was so uh, interactive with the picture. Right, you know, they did a really good job of kind of weaving the music and the beats and everything together with the action on that screen, and I feel like that was, I mean, maybe he wasn't planning it at the time, but that, it, it was cool to see uh, Edgar Wright go back to that and kind of amplify yeah. it for Baby Driver. Yeah, it definitely. You know, because it it did it did have that same kind of feel. Now that you mentioned, yeah, 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 a fun movie with the the way that it 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 uh, used its use of music in its action scenes was was pretty pretty spot on, pretty cool stuff. I think I'm out of things to say about this movie, other than I, I love say, it. Did I miss anything else cool? No, no, no. I, I think <laughs> I, I, we probably missed about 30 more things, honestly. Well, like I, I said, I mean, we... we didn't go scene by scene, so I mean, it's going to be a little bit different to begin with, anyways. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I really just want to talk about like like themes and 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 sort of like the characters' interactions with each other and, and the way they they uh, are. I mean, I guess the only thing we haven't really dived into is Sean and Liz. Uh, but right. you know they seem to be like they're supposed to be together, but there's these factors holding them back, and it seems to be like you know Liz's roommates and and Sean's relationship with Ed and and his not wanting to let his mom meet her. <laughs> well, I mean, you could you could look at it also as Liz is, at the end of the movie has become exactly what she didn't want to become. Ooh, right. That's interesting. If you if you go back to the the beginning of Winchester, she said she didn't want to just be kind of in a. I can't remember exactly how she said, but she didn't want to be doing the same thing day after day and just going to that bar and. In the end, you just see they're kind of they've kind of comfortably, fallen into a rut. They've so kind of, they've kind of nested with each other and. Right. Interesting. So in some ways, you know, with your with your argument that. That that Sean has grown and become something else. That Liz is just uh, settled because no one else is left in her life. Surprisingly enough, right? Oh, so. that's interesting. I, you know, I guess we hadn't really thought about the, the 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 trauma that maybe Liz has experienced throughout the movie, and maybe right. maybe her desire to to be this bold and adventurous person is is uh, tempered a little bit. Yeah. And maybe it's just like, oh, you know what? If I'm with somebody and, and I'm happy, maybe that, maybe that's enough. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's interesting to. Hmm. You, Ryan, you have presented me with a, a bold new thought that I hadn't considered before. You could also take the argument that that um, Sean would be off better off with the the ex girlfriend. I'm assuming they were ex girlfriend and boyfriend, right? The, I the thought girl so. That... Yeah, I don't know if they overtly said it, but yeah, that seemed to be the implication. Right, because you know there seemed to be some 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 fireworks going off between <laughs> them every time they saw him in the middle of this uh, you know zombie apocalypse. So. I just thought it was funny they kept running into each other in a zombie apocalypse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like the, that random moment when you see your friend at the mall. Though that was that doesn't happen anymore because we don't go to the malls. So no, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> well, listen, I'm not gonna lie. You've kind of uh, cracked my brain open a little bit here. Now I'm thinking right. about Liz and did she sacrifice everything just to kind of have this like happy safety nest to live in with 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 Sean? 
I mean, now you're going to watch it differently again this next time you I watch may, it. I may have to. I may have to pay a little bit more attention to losing her motivations. Watch it from Liz's point of view. and <laughs> Maybe you should take a different character every time we watch it and watch it from their point of view and see see how it goes. I think that's very reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, though. That's that's kind of yeah. fun to think about. But, but, I mean, we don't know. Maybe Sean's going to museums. Maybe, maybe Sean's taking her on vacations. Right. This is only six months since uh, V-Day, so yeah. <laughs> we, we don't. Or Z Day, excuse me, it's V Day, C Day. Well, let, so, let, 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 let's yeah. assume that Liz is a woman of conviction, right? <laughs> and now that Sean has grown and and learned from this experience, that he's more willing to go to the museum, right? And maybe he'll go to the theater every now and again, even though he hates it. Mm-hmm. And they and they didn't show him. I guess they didn't show him in the end, just at the Winchester. So that's true. That that's that shows something. So maybe they did, you know, compromise and come to a, a happy life. We'll take the happy ending. Let's take the happy ending. They, yeah. they, they went through some stuff. We'll, we'll, right. we'll cut them a break. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I listen, I love this movie. I, I It's one of my all-time favorites. I, I, I watch it on a very regular basis. Um, but I'm glad to hear that you, this is your first time revisiting it, so it's kind of like fresh to you. Yeah, to a absolutely. Extent. That's really cool, man. And, uh, you know, I... Definitely recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it in a long time. If you're if you're like me, I haven't seen it since the early 2000s, or you know, at least within the last 10 years. Watch it again. You'll you'll see more and you'll love it for sure. Yeah, and like the the, the humor in it, like there's there's plenty of like overt stuff too, but there's a lot of like subtle humor too. That's really really good. Yeah, which I I I think that's more of that British style humor that I really appreciate. Yeah, where it's like, oh no, I'm you not... have to pay attention to the way they're saying things. Right. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining me on this. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. First <laughs> first time, long time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I appreciate that. And listen, I, I, I have to ask you one last question that's unrelated to Shaun of the Dead. All but right. I have to have your opinion. Okay. Uh, fact or fiction, does Creed suck? Creed sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Let, let me be fair to Creed. There was a time in 1997 when I heard my own prison. I'm like, this isn't bad. This sounds, sounds kind of like, you know, early 90s grunge. But then you re- learn very quickly that Creed sucks. So <laughs> <laughs> you got it. So Agreed. And that's all we need to say about that. <laughs> all right, my friend. I will catch up with you uh, very, very soon because you and I have another show planned for Down the Road. Yeah. I'm ready. All right, buddy. Well, happy Halloween. I will talk to you soon. Well, you did call him a you-know-what. Oh, what? Did he tell you that? Yes, he did. Motherfucker. Sean. Sorry, Mother. Mum. Look, Mum. Did you know that on several occasions he touched me? That wasn't true. Made it up. Shouldn't have done. Sorry. Um... Hey, hey, hey. We are back. On the flip side of the TomCast podcast, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Ryan, my good friend, my dear sweet friend, uh, as we discussed Shaun of the Dead, one of one of our, our favorite movies. Uh, uh, I think for Ryan, he, he recently rediscovered favorite movie uh, of his, and uh, it was fun to kind of reminisce and, and, and talk about the film. Uh, it's such a good time. Again, from 2004, Edgar Wright, who's going on to do uh, tons of great things in, in the world of cinema. Uh was was famously involved in the development of Ant-Man for Marvel 
uh, before there were there were creative differences that uh, it was, it sort of forced him to leave the project. But uh, he helped develop a lot of the concepts and ideas for the Ant Man movie that we saw in 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 the final product that Peyton Reed did with Paul Rudd in in, in the title role as Ant Man. Uh, Simon uh, Simon sorry, Edgar Wright helped uh, usher in the Age of Ant Man as as it were. Uh, but again, done done. He's done a ton of great things with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in the past, and Baby Driver on his own with Jamie Fox and and uh, John Hamm's in that. Really, really good stuff. Te- definitely check out the work of Edgar Wright. We all know Simon Pegg, uh, Scotty in in the, the in the newer Star Trek films. For anybody who's not paying that close of attention, Nick Frost is in a ton of things. And if if you are a devotee of the Tomcast podcast, you know that we've been talking about a new project, a new Amazon TV series from Nick Frost and Simon Pegg that is dropping this Friday, right before Halloween. I want to say it's called Ghost Hunters. I don't have that information handy. If this was a professional podcast, I would have that information handy, but I don't have it handy right now. So we're just going to say it's called Ghost Hunters (laughs) and hope that is correct because, well, it doesn't look good if it's not. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's new Amazon series, Truth Seekers, dropping this Friday on Amazon. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a really, really, really good time. And always good to see that duo uh, teaming up to, to bring joy to our lives. And that's all we can ask for. In the, in the year of 2020, the darkest timeline, not quite the darkest timeline, we debunked the darkest timeline myth, but still, a fairly dark timeline, all things considered. Especially in hindsight, as as this pandemic has gone on far longer than I think any of us had uh, initially planned on it going for. Well, listen, I know the conversation was a little all over the place, a little uh, jumping back and forth, but I I had fun with it. It's, this is kind of it's it's fairly typical of a conversation that I have with 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 friends that I've known for over twenty years. So it it, it is in that vein of a normal conversation with my buddies. I hope it played well for all you all, all you nice folks listening in the audience today. Uh, let me know what you think. Hit me up on social media at Tomcast Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Again, I hope you had fun, but tell me if I'm wrong. Be like, hey, dude, we like a linear podcast. Go from A to B to motherfucking C, and we'll do that. Okay, all right. I listen. I can take instruction. I can take criticism. You just gotta tell me. You just have to tell me. You can also email the show, TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. Hit me up with those scathing diatribes that you that you are just holding inside your chest and they're giving you the acid reflux. Just let them out in your emails. Hit me with them right now in the face. All right, and if you're actually liking this show, you can become a official member of Pophead Nation by heading over to patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast where you can get access to super cool, super fun, Bonus content. 
we're talking video features, we're talking audio commentary tracks, we're talking we're talking email blasts, well, only a couple of those so far, but you know, hey, we're doing things. Maybe giving you a little bang for your buck. And it's my way of saying thank you for helping keep the lights on in this podcast and ensuring that we run at the top, the top, the highest level of quality that we can. Thank you to my current Patreons. Thank you to the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of APOC, Jeff Nail. He's one win away from a World Series title this year. We'll see if he gets it. Thank you to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circles. Thank you to the Squidmaster General, Brian Broussard. And the New Jersey Devil himself, Mark Wegemer. Hey, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, all the good jams. That's where we are. And if you're digging the show, you know, click the little button, give us those five-star reviews. And if you have two extra minutes, even a short five-star five-star review with comments, ooh, that's juicy. That is That is like the T-bone steak of five-star reviews right there. Something with some comments, some words. And I'll read them on this show. Boom. I'll do it. That's, that's my way of saying thank you so much. And those five-star reviews, again, they're they're really important because small podcasts like us, we get we can get lost in the mix, and they go a long way to getting the word about us. So that's always a good thing. Thank you so, so very, very much for doing that. Whew, listen. This is the final week of October. We are in the countdown to Halloween. But I have a lot more shows planned. We're going to be really busy here on the TomCast podcast this week. Shaun of the Dead in the books. But there are going to be at least two more shows, but three more movies discussed. Ooh, what does that mean? Ooh, wait and find out. Yeah, a lot going on this week. And then uh, we'll catch our breaths as November kind of kicks off. But stay tuned. Make sure you're paying attention to... Mando Vision, our Star Wars-focused podcast, because, hey, October 30th, that's Friday, by the way. So the same day that True Seekers drops is also episode one of season two of The Mandalorian. We will be doing a detailed, comprehensive review and breakdown of episode one of The Mandalorian season two, because, well, uh, hey, I ha- I, I'm getting off work early that day because I have a doctor's appointment. So, yeah, I'm going to come home and watch it 14 times, and then I'm going to do a podcast about it, because that's how I roll, all right? Also, I should mention uh, the the good people that I'm part of this network with, uh, the 3BZ Network of Podcasts. This show is part of that. So if you head over to 3BZine.com and you find TomCast Podcast MandoVision tab, click on that bad boy, you'll find the feed for this podcast. But if you go to the store, the 3BZine store at Store Envy, you can get merch. You can get TomCast Podcast t-shirts and hoodies, MandoVision T-shirts and hoodies available, multiple colors, a couple different styles, a couple different cuts. The hoodies look really, really nice. And as we head into the fall slash winter season, uh, I think a new hoodie sounds good for most of us. And uh, why not put my face on your back? Why not? What's the what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> or or if you don't want my face, you can do the Mandovision logo, which is just like a cool Mandalorian T visor, which is pretty rad too. So. Uh, pass that on. Is in this gift giving season, why wouldn't you want to give your friends and family members t shirts and hoodies with my picture on them? <laughs> I'm sorry, the idea of that just makes me laugh, but maybe one or two of you are, are, are intrigued by this idea and will do so. <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough that I wear a t shirt with my own face on it, but hey, what are you going to do? I got to promote the show somehow. 
So merch is available. Head over to 3bzine.com, click on the merch pad, the merch tab, and you'll you'll find all that sweet, sweet gear. And, and you know what? Get some cool uh, 3bzine uh, beer night in San Diego gear too. That's where the that's where the real cool designs are at. That's where the good stuff is. Uh, all right. So again, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for taking the time. I hope you're enjoying these Halloween movie-based episodes of the show. We are being negligent. Ne- excuse me. We're being negligent on the news, um, but I'm okay with that right now. Sometimes you need a break from reading the news all day, and that's what we're doing right now. We're we're talking about the fun stuff, the stuff we enjoy. That's what the Tomcast podcast is all about. So again, thank you so much for listening. We will be back extremely soon. Extremely soon. So many more episodes to do this month before Halloween. So, so you know, you might want to stay buckled in, holding on to your butts, and buckled in again. You may just want to stay there. Just download them all, get them on your device, and stay put. It's safer that way. It's safer. All right. I'll talk to you all soon. Thank you again. Ciao, babes. Great story. Compelling and rich. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions.